This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Matt Connor is here. Guess what? We're both back. We're back, baby. Love it. We're both Eminem because we're back. (laughs) Unlike Slim Shady or Shady McCoy, hopefully we actually, you know, produce something good on our comeback episode. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's good to have you back, my friend. How was your Thanks. Yeah, I was was in your neck of the woods in southern Indiana, which Mm. all they have there is yard work, ticks. And calories, lots of calories. Everything's fried. Like, there's not a normal thing that you either. You're like, can I get uh, a grilled chicken? Like, what? 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 What the hell is that? Grilled chicken? I ain't gonna throw no chicken on a grill. So, so you you had a tenderloin sandwich? Yes. No, 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 no. Not a tenderloin sandwich. Just lots and lots of fried chicken. Delicious. And then instead of they don't have White Castle, but they have these little burgers that are just, they're like White Castle burgers, and I describe them as if a country lady made White Castle burgers, that's what these are. <laughs> Fantastic. They're named after my great aunt, great aunt Teeny, from a tiny town, southern Indiana, called Henryville. So enter from Henryville, I got you. If you, you probably saw me on Saturday at the family reunion. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. So uh, I went to the Indiana State Fair. Is it like this at every state fair? Because it's fried everything, and yeah, so it's yeah. like it's fried candy bars. But then they started selling fried butter. Like it's just <laughs> it's a thing of butter, and they fry it, and it's fried butter. And I was like, you know, I'm down for the fried goods. I dream about corn dogs on a regular basis. So I'm okay with some of this, but you know, when it gets into like fried butter, I'm just like, "Ah, I'm not, I I understand why mother nature is raging as she is and just trying to get rid of us. Yeah. We don't, I'm not sure we deserve to be here anymore in Indiana. If that's the case. I did do some exercising, and I think the Chiefs at training camp need to pick up on what we did. So we have 150 people at this reunion. We actually had a former Chiefs player who was, he was on the practice squad. He was actually he actually showed up too, and he was there. It was a ton of. I, I don't know his last name. His first name's Ridge. So my mom has 40 first cousins. So there's a lot of of folk. Like I, you don't. I, I meet them once a year. Can do this every year. And I'm still like, I know about a third of the people there, but it was fantastic. And this, we get these tires, those big old, you know, <laughs> tires that you move, but you got to do the, your feet through the tires. Then you get a jump rope and you got to mm-hmm. run with a jump rope while you're jump roping. And then you get a wheelbarrow. There's a kid in the wheelbarrow because we want to make it dangerous and it's kind of fun. It's you got a kid in the wheelbarrow, like they're like four, and you're sprinting against someone else and you're trying to cut them off. And of course, you know, no kids were hurt this year, so that was good. Uh, then you get like on a bouncy ball and you got to bounce, and then you have a slip and slide, and then you hit the klaxon, and then the next person goes. And there's teams of six, so. I think the Chiefs players need to do this. There's a lot of exercise because I, after I was done, 
I couldn't walk, man. I was sitting there like, what the hell? I didn't know I had, <laughs> I had muscles here. How was this sore? Frank Reich is like, uh, that's called Tuesday's practice at Lucas Oil here for the Colts, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah of course. We just yeah. push kids in wheelbarrows all the time. That's just <laughs> right. that's what we do. By the way, that you said your mom had so many cousins, and I thought, yeah, that's the only thing we do around here is procreate. I think that's I think that's pretty normal. Anyway, that that checks uh, out. That right. checks out. It's, what do you do in Indiana? It's just okay. You know what? Let's get into Chiefs talk because there's yeah. so much stuff to get to. Check that before we do the Olympics, Euros, baseball, golf, concerts. They're all here this summer. You know what isn't in? A wild and hairy bush. We're back, baby. The lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat down there like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going with the code FANSIDED20. I'm not going to lie. They sent us this, Matt. It's pretty sweet. Way better than scissors. Like, don't use scissors anymore. I now use uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. I'm not even kidding. I used to use scissors, Matt. Like, I know that seems like it's hard to believe and there has to be a better way. This is the better way. That feels like you're one drink away from a vasectomy. Right? Well, and they just say you're just supposed to snip something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to it, my friend. Training camp, month after month after month of like recreating the roster on paper. We've got real football players wearing real football colors on a real football field, running real football drills, and tomorrow they're all showing up and. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like, are you partying right now? Are you like, how are you feeling about camp being here? Well, do you see the half empty 12 pack behind me? Because then, yeah, I'm obviously partying right now. This is this is what we live for. We get to live for actual football news. I actually got a chance to talk to Adam Teicher today. He's going to be at training camp. He's already been there. He was one of the few that was there last year. Yeah, And he's excited. It, there's already a lot to take away obviously Mahomes being healthy that was big but yeah. DeAndre Baker Juan Thornhill seeing some of these big name guys already there and getting working is such a promising start yeah yeah I, I love it I love uh there's a lot to talk about here um but before we do we're gonna get lost in the news of the day whatever but let's have a moment of silence for the lack of Anthony Sherman outfits that we're going to have this year. Can we get that? Do you have like a sound effect, something, some, I was about to pour one out. I was legit about to pour like my drink out on the floor right here. Then I go, I would have to clean that up. And I feel like that's not, not (laughs) worth it for a sound that I don't think anyone would hear. So just visualize pouring one out for Anthony Sherman's outfits right now. There it is. There it is. Hold on. Hold on. I just found a dramatic piano button, and that felt right to just say goodbye to Anthony Sherman. Anyway, Sterling, let me ask you this. Let me ask for maybe a favorite storyline that you're following early in training camp that's got you more intrigued than others. Do you, like, Does something come to mind when I say that, that you're looking for specifically 
like early on as we get reports from from St. Joseph. Uh, DeAndre Baker has to be it for me, and that was again most of what I talked to Adam Teicher about. Yeah, let's go into that. We we kind of both agreed he's not going to be a lockdown guy. If you're expecting him to come in, be a all pro cornerback, no, sorry, that, that's that's probably a little unrealistic. But if you expect him to come in, be a useful player who's going to be above average and make an impact. He can be that guy. Again, health is always going to be an issue with DeAndre Baker. That's first and foremost. If he's healthy, he's going to be a good player. And the Chiefs aren't paying him like anything. Uh, They obviously felt comfortable enough to not bring back Bashad Breland and said, DeAndre Baker, this is probably going to be your role because I think they like Legereus Sneed so much in the slot. My gut's telling me that. I feel like taking Legereus Sneed away from the slot could be a mistake because he's such a playmaker in that role, which means DeAndre Baker's going to get some playing time. And to me, that means the Chiefs believe in DeAndre Baker. I, I, I love what you're saying. I'd love to hear, like what, like, what did Adam tell you about Baker in camp? Just that he looks good. I mean, this is obviously early on. You haven't seen a ton of these guys yet, but so far he looks healthy. And that's the first step. Yeah. First step is looking healthy. That, that's what you need as a Chiefs fan to hear. You don't want to hear that he's looks a step slow. You don't want to hear yeah. he's getting burnt. You want to hear he looks healthy because that's exactly what it's going to come down to is DeAndre Baker. Can he stay healthy? Is he 100%? Can he make an impact this year? Because again, in my opinion, at least, he is filling in for Bashad Breeland, which is some pretty big shoes to fill. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, let's not forget, um, I think a lot of people are making this out to be like DeAndre Baker versus Mike Hughes as like one of the last corners on the field, like a competition between former first rounders. And I just think that comparison is is complete malarkey. Maybe Mike malarkey. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think both those guys, I don't think that's comparable at all. I think Baker, you know, let's not forget, he was the first corner taken off the board um, in 2019, he he uh, he already played and started a full season on the boundary for the Giants. Uh, you know, I think I think he's going to be if he's healthy, he's the guy, and we're going to love him. And he's he's in house for pennies on the dollar for the next couple of years. I mean, if this works out, it is the addition of a first round pick in the secondary. That's that's crazy to me that it could work out that way. Um, but the talent is there. It sounds like the 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 one two is there. Baker has some great comments today from camp. I'm I'm encouraged. If you're encouraged, that sounds great too. Let me ask you this: the the thing I'm looking forward to. We've been talking all off season about switching Chris Jones to defensive end. He gets what he wants. That's what he's wanted is to be able to go on the edge and get after the quarterback for a while. Are, are you as intrigued as I am to see how he looks outside? Uh, I'm intrigued to see how he looks, but I'd be lying if I said I was excited. I, I don't want to see Chris Jones on the outside because I think you're taking away from his best position. It'd be like, to an extent, but not to the same extent, putting Legereus Sneed on the outside. Legereus, I think, is going to be a great outside cornerback, but he's best as a slot. Chris Jones is best as a D lineman. 
His best attribute is getting straight up the middle and forcing pressure. Putting him on the outside, is he going to be a top 15 end? Because we know he's a top two interior defense lineman, right? We know he's number two. I don't think he's going to be the second best D end. And just to me, moving him away from his best position because you're weaker there doesn't help you because now you're, you're forcing a hole in the interior. You're taking away your biggest strength. You know, I like Jaron Reed. He's fine, but he's not Chris Jones. And you're not going to be able to fill that production. I guess the bringing back of Alex Okafor, maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable moving Chris Jones around, and he's not going to be strictly an end. But I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not super enthused by it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're looking at it as the Chiefs are making the move because of a weakness and to shore that up versus maximizing Jones and his natural abilities. Yeah, and again, I think, I mean, I would assume Chris Jones would like to play in because he knows there's more money in that. There's more money uh, at DN. There just is. So I get his reasoning for wanting to do that, but I'm more of a, if a guy is best in this role, don't move him because you have a weakness. Find someone to fill that weakness because you're not going to find another Chris Jones. You might be able to find another guy who can get pressure off of the edge though. Yeah, yeah. But Chris already has his big money, right? So this isn't a move for money. I mean, unless you're saying future money. Is that what you're saying? I guess. I, I mean, Chris Jones seemingly has wanted to play in, right? Like that's yeah. kind of been what he has been saying. I, ju- I don't know. Th- th- this is, again, j- just my opinion. I would not move Chris Jones from interior D-line for, honestly, for any reason. Because you know Why? That's his best position. I want the, the shortest way to the quarterback is up the middle, right? Yep. Shortest way between two points. I'm not good at math, but I, I, I learned one thing and that was it. I love it. I, sh- I, want, I should have taken your geometry class. I like it. Uh, let me ask you this. What other, is there any other storyline that, that's like most intriguing to you or is, or is Baker the top one? I would say Juan Thornhill is up there as well. And, Adam Teicher touched on a little bit today when I talked to him. Mostly, it's just good seeing him and DeAndre Baker at training camp getting some work in considering they weren't there through parts of last season. It's nice to see these guys back and actually getting work in. I'm really intrigued because I think Juan Thornhill is going to be a massive difference on whether this Chiefs defense is top 10 or bottom 10. And I, I, I know it's you can't place it all on one player, but when, Deon, when um, Juan Thornhill was crushing it remember his rookie year that defense took off right that defense all of a sudden went from a bottom unit to saying let's win nine games and win the super bowl yeah when he was out or when he was struggling to find playing time the chief's defense took a step back i'm not saying it's all on Juan, but i think he is a difference maker at a position of need for kansas city yeah 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 the the thing that the Juan thornhill episode i guess taught me you know like like you want to trust the team's medical personnel but do we say that do we say the chiefs training staff or conditioning staff really kind of got that like made a big mistake last year i mean thornhill was thrust in Juan thornhill was playing if i'm if i remember right a hundred percent of the defensive snaps in like the early weeks of last season coming off of that major 
leg knee injury, right? And we were led to believe, oh, I guess he's good. And, you know, I mean, obviously the Chiefs felt good about it. I'm not saying that someone was being, you know, like, like uh, purposefully irresponsible or like signing off medically just to rush a guy back to the field. But I am saying now it looks like at least some of the things were read incorrectly and maybe not all caution was used there because the Chiefs backed off of using him by midseason and set him even for a bit. And then he didn't look good again until, I mean, Thornhill looked really great in the postseason. Looked like the old Thornhill. But then now, even at training camp six months later, he's saying, yeah, I I, I haven't been at 100%, and now I'm feeling good another half year later on. Like, like what do you make of that? I think part of it has got to be just game shape conditioning. I think, I don't know if they rushed him back or not, but he obviously was getting set. I think more so for playing reasons, less so than injury reasons, because you don't just sit a guy all of a sudden like that because he's banged up. You do it because he's playing that poorly. Dan Sorensen was playing better than Juan Thornhill. That's just straight fact at that point. It's, he, Juan Thornhill was hurting the team. Whether it was injury or performance related, he was just hurting the team. Yeah. So, end of the day, that, that, that was that. I think a lot of it was playing shape or game shape readiness. Have you ever played a sport? Like, say, say basketball. I, I play a ton of basketball, okay? Uh, you may feel good in practice. You're feeling pretty good, but you're not really going 100%. You're about 85% there. And you're hitting all these shots and you get thrown into a game and you go, oh my gosh, my legs are killing me. It's a a different speed. I was not ready yet. I thought I was ready. I felt ready in practice. I get to the game. I was not ready. I think there's a little bit of that going on with Juan Thornhill. Yeah, I, I think that's the right way to read it. Just unfortunate because, you know, what I'm hoping is as a young safety that this sort of hiccup coming back too soon maybe feeling like he could handle it and then he couldn't, whatever, like whoever's responsible maybe really doesn't matter. The hope now is that maybe it didn't cause further damage or, or may complicate things down the road because those kind of injuries can be before and after where we say, Oh, he's never been the same since the ACL kind of thing. So you got to hope what Juan is saying now is indicative of him coming back and looking great. Because like you said, with him, him next to Matthew at the back end of the defense, I mean, it's over. It's o- I, He's a game-changing force. He's a future pro bowler. I, I'm a big believer in Juan Thornhill, and, uh, and he makes that defense complete and, and lets Spags do a lot of things uh, when he's, when he's uh, ready and healthy. So we'll see. Do you think he's 100%? Do you trust he's, he's back and ready? I think he's back. I think he's ready. Although every single player in the history of ever has always said, once they get to training camp, I'm in the best shape of my life. Like you could tear two ACLs, have a broken leg, broken femur, one arm got cut off in a in an accident, and you show up at training camp going, yeah, I'm in the best shape of my life. Without fail, every single player says that. <laughs> I just had fried butter but I'm in the best shape of my life. That, uh, <laughs> that sounds right on. Right on. Hey, uh, well, you're listening to the Arrowhead Edit podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. 
We'll be right back after the break with more on training camp and moves that we want to see the Chiefs make before the season begins. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're here. We're talking Chiefs training camp. We're talking injuries. Sterling, let me ask you this. Uh, we want to get to moves that you want to see the Chiefs make. I've got mine. But before we do that, how many rookies are in the starting five offensive linemen for the Chiefs in week one? Oh. Well, one's obvious because Creed Humphrey, right? So we, we automatically there's going to be one. Okay. Okay, where do you consider Lucas Niang? Is he considered a rookie still? Where, where because that yes. could be a trick question. So yes, yes. So the over under is going to be put at one and a half, right? The over under is one and a half. It comes right. down to is Trey Smith, is Lucas Niang one of those two starting? I'm gonna say week one only one Creed Humphrey. I'm gonna say by maybe week five, two. I would say week Trey seventeen. Smith, Week 17, man. I'm saying two. By week 17, I'm going to say two. I, I think it's going to be Trey Smith at right guard. I'm really high on Lucas Niang. I really like Lucas Niang, but I think he's going to have a harder road to starting than Trey Smith. Personally, that's what I think. I, I think that Andy Reid's going to want some veteran at right tackle. I think he's probably going to go with Rimmers to start the season. That would be my best guess. I think LDT, I think he lost his starting job. I, I think he did. I, he wasn't good before he took the year off. There's an admirable reason to take the year off. Nothing against LDT. All the respect in the world to him. But he wasn't very He wasn't very good before he took the year off, right? And so I, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now what I was three, four years ago. I don't see that happening. So I think Trey Smith has an easier route going in. Wow. And Kyle Long. You're ignoring Kyle Long there, too. You think Trey yeah. Smith goes all the way at top? Yeah, Kyle Long was the name is flashy, right? The name Kyle Long, because everyone's like, oh, I, I heard of him. He's <laughs> been he's been injured for a while. He got injured again this year. Yeah, I yeah. think he's going to be more of a break in case of emergency type of thing. I think Maybe he wants to see Trey Smith and, and Creed Humphrey and the young guys crush it because they know that's their future at O-line. And if they can hold it down and grow together, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll bleep. I mean, that's you're looking five-plus years down the road having the same guys in the O-line. That would be phenomenal for Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think What Creed do you Humphrey, think? Okay, what, what, well, one and a half. What do you got? Over under? under. I think okay. it's the under, and, I th- and here's the, here's the curveball. It's Creed Humphrey in the middle. That's an automatic, and anyone who says it's even a competition, for, forget it. I mean, uh, you know, you can say one guy's a rookie, and Austin Blythe started last year, all 16 games for the Rams, but, uh, you know, Creed's coming from a pro-ready program. He's a multi-year starter at Oklahoma. It's not the, I don't think it's the major step up that, that it would be for other guys at other positions. I think he's ready to roll. He's going to come in. I like Trey Smith. I think week one of next year, all three of those guys are starting. But I think this year, it's only Humphrey. I'm a believer. I like LDT. I like him. I think he's better than you're saying. And I think he's going to hold it down. I think he's going to hold it down for one more year, and I think he's gone. And I think Mitchell Schwartz is back and playing for the Chiefs. I just 
I don't I don't buy Mike Rimmers. I mean I'm I'm a I'm I admire Mike Rimmers a lot. He did a hell of a job stepping up as this super sub. You know, we watched Cam Irving like wilt under the kind of opportunities that Mike Rimmers blossomed. So I I much appreciate Mike Rimmers. I'm even glad he's back. Niang, I I'm a big believer there. You know, he was a third round pick and I'm I'm pretty sure Brett Veach intimated that he was around higher on their draft board. So that means he's that means Brett Veach thought he was a second round caliber guy. That's Creed Humphrey. So I believe in his long term starting potential. But you're telling me that Mitchell Schwartz is still sitting out there, still cooking on his Traeger grills in Kansas City, still loving and even helping the Chiefs as some kind of player coach. There's no way, there's no way that this team doesn't open their arms and go, hey, big brother, why don't you come back for one more time? Ease that back. Ease on down that road. Eat some barbecue the first eight (laughs) weeks of the season, right? Take the slow road, and by the time the postseason rolls around, my man Mitch is going to be – I think he's the right tackle. That right there is a surprise. I did not think you were going that route. I love it, though. Why is the guy still a free agent? He's incredible. He's incredible. Well, I think it's KC or nothing for him. I think it's that. I don't, I, I don't know his desire to come back. He seems like he's enjoying life right now. I mean, he seems very he is, he content. Is. Yeah, yeah. His Instagram is everything you want to live. Whatever. That said, if he sees – look, if I'm, if I'm indicative of the average Chiefs fan, he's going to see me standing on the horizon with my arms open waiting to make out whenever he's ready. I'm just here. Mitch, I'm here. I'm here whenever you're ready. I'm – I'm I'm ready for you, buddy. And if you have eighty thousand strong, waiting to chant that name again, waiting to see Schwartz outside. Gosh, how does he not come back? I, yeah, the Chiefs have a need. That experience works well. Just one more year. You turn the page with three rookies now next year. But yeah, give me Schwartz one more time. I don't think he wants 80,000 people trying to kiss him, though, Matt. I'm sorry. I get it. I like I yeah, like the me. beard that's and the me, hair, but 80,000 dudes trying to kiss Dude. him? Come on. Come on. Come on. I've got the locks. I'll, I'll, like, tease my hair. I'll do whatever. I'll bring him fried butter. I'll bring him fried butter to grill. That's the way, uh, that's the way that is. Sterling, the one move that you would like to see the Chiefs make Maybe other than signing Mitchell Schwartz, what would it be? Bring me Justin Houston. Bring him to me. I want this. I I I I don't. I, I kind of do, but I don't understand Chiefs fans who are so angry with Justin Houston. It pisses me off. The same reason I get pissed off when people talk bad about Tony Gonzalez. He was so good for so long. He says one comment that was kind of taken out of context. Everyone runs with it and just banishes Tony G as an Atlanta Falcon. Like, stop it. Stop it. Justin Houston was so good for so long. He's been better than Frank Clark since he's been an indie. Justin Houston got injured while giving it his all in Kansas City. Stop it. He's good. 
He's still good. He's better than basically anyone else on the end for Kansas City right now. I would take him over Frank Clark right now, easy, in a heartbeat. At least we know Justin Houston's not going to be driving around with an Uzi in the back of his car. Um, <laughs> I, Does I Justin don't get Houston it. have a Lambo SUV? I, Justin Houston strikes me as a guy who would drive like, I don't know, maybe a Toyota Route 4 around. Just a good guy. I so, want Justin Houston here. And maybe a truck, actually. I can see Justin Houston have like an, F, like an F-150, but not like a new one. Like a 2013 because he's sensible. <laughs> I want Justin Houston back. You're really tuned in I think to, he's uh, still like, some left in the tank. Alex Okafor bringing it back is fine. But yes, I want Houston back. Man. Let me give you this. I want Duke Johnson. I want Stop him. it. Stop it. I want I want him. It's a minor look, here's minor signing. Minor signing. I get it. We got Clyde, we got Daryl. Don't need to mess with it. But maybe the most well known pass catching running back is just sitting there in free agency right now. Duke's averaged fifty catches a year for the last six years. He's still like twenty-seven years old. It, you know, it, it, he's played for like the Texans. You know, like I mean, the guy wants to win, should win. If we're going to make this offense dynamic, why not bring him in and see how he can compete? It's not a big deal. It's not a major thing. But man, if we're talking about getting the running backs more involved on offense, and one of the best is sitting out there with his hands, give me the Duke. I also just want to be able to say, go Duke, right? Because I can't real, I can't root for the real Duke because Grayson Allen or Christian Leitner or whatever that got. So it would allow me to also say, go Duke and feel good about myself. I too love spitting first run draft picks on a running back and then literally bringing in a guy to take away what he does best. Clyde Edwards Hilaire's best attribute is pass catching, right? So why would we give him less opportunities to bring in a guy who has been very average, very average. And I'm for, saying, like, if he has to pee, if Clyde has to pee, and he's in that blue tent on the side of the, of the on the sideline, you know, then then uh, you know Duke Johnson can do it. Anyway, dude, that, no, I'm I'm actually upset with you right now. Like, I actually have. They brought in Jarek McKinnon. Like that was I, his. I role. like McKinnon. I, like Jarek McKinnon was supposed to do that. Why bring in Duke Johnson? No, Matt, I'm I'm not dropping this right now. I'm angry with you. I am thoroughly Duke, upset. Let's keep six running backs. I don't know. Look, if did you, you forget Jarek, over- no, be honest, be honest. Did you forget Jarek McKinnon was on the roster? No, no, I did not. I've I have. In fact, we've praised McKinnon here. McKinnon's a hell of a blocker, a good pass catcher, an elusive runner. I like his game. You know what I don't want? I don't want Darwin Thompson. Uh, there I said it. There I said it. I'm done with Thompson. I'm done with him. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, nothing personal, Darwin, if you're listening. I'm just saying I'm over that experiment. I, I, all, all I know is I'm just trying to keep it real simple and thinking one of the best pass catching backs is out there and available. If you sign him for veteran minimum, who cares? Bring him in. That's all I'm saying. Best pass catching back. Bring him in. Don't care who else I've got. I don't care. If, I don't care if I live in a harem, and then I see someone who I think is attractive. Invite her in. I don't care how many are already in the harem. Bring them in anyway. This is a dumb analogy, but you get what I'm saying. 
Uh, yeah. Jay Leno's got 100 cars in his garage. He sees one he likes. Bring him in. Bring in Duke Johnson, the 1940 LTD. I'm just digging this deeper. You're just shaking your head at me. Just like anyone facing Jacob deGrom, I'm out. <laughs> no, I don't. I no, I can't. I can't see well the logic said. in this. I can't see the logic. You 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 brought in McKinnon to do this exact same thing. You brought in DeAndre Washington the year before to do the exact same thing. You drafted a running back in the first round. If you don't use him, then what the hell was the point? You, I'm not you're, saying not to use him. No, because you're taking you're, you're taking the ball out of his hands. You're 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 saying uh, the occasional. Because then why have Duke Johnson on the team? If you're saying you're not going to use him, then why have him? Right. Jerk McKinnon is your insurance policy. Right, Why bring in? This is a bad news. Did I sway I, you yet? Yeah, yeah. I take back what I said. I've I've injured my friendship with Sterling. I've even made him upset with me. I'm kidding. I will say the one thing I I I have to give you credit for is Darwin Thompson when he was drafted. I was pretty excited. I was like, okay, I could see where the Chiefs were going here. And you go. Why is he any different than any other sixth round or late round running back picked? And whatever it's been, and uh, you're right. You're well, right. Well, maybe I'm right here. I think I you know. said Cyrus Gray. Was that a guy? <laughs> Was that a? Yep, yep. He's been there. Mike, maybe like a Mike Cloud or an Omar Easy or a. Yeah. I don't know. One of those guys. Yeah. Maybe you met him at your family reunion. He could have been like all those guys could have been at my family reunion. <laughs> I would have had zero idea. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Sterling, anything else you want to leave us with? Anything else you're excited about before training camp, before we sign off, my friend? Uh, I'm excited that the Chiefs are going to win two out of three. I don't have a slogan yet. I think take it back is is, is cliche. I, I think best two out of three like rock, paper, scissors should be the new Chiefs slogan. So that's what I'm going for. I'm with you. By the way, the new Arrowhead sign. Now – like now including corporate sponsorship. You for it? You against it? You have an opinion? I understand it. I I get it to an extent. I wish they would have left the arrowhead more prominent. Yes. I yes. don't have a problem with them naming the field because it's still arrowhead. Just how sand Sand, for example, you're not in Kansas City, but Sandstone is still going to be Sandstone. It's always going to be Sandstone. I don't care if it's Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever the hell it is right now. It's still Sandstone. Arrowhead is always going to be Arrowhead. You can have a sponsor. That's okay. But it still should be the the prominent should be focused on Arrowhead. Um, the sponsor should be, in my opinion, a little bit smaller. I think it was a little mistake, but I'm not going to be like – extremely pissed off about it if that makes sense i'm not gonna go down to arrowhead and yell and scream at a sign you're not protesting with sackcloth and ashes or something yeah i know i'm not gonna burn a jersey i'm not gonna be upset at the sponsor because the sponsor didn't do anything the sponsor's probably they're probably a little upset too because this is bad publicity for them but yeah what what about you where do you you, know where do you You stand on no well i mean i agree i think you have there's a lot of people who get paid a lot of money to think of inventive ways to add signage without like just defaulting to, Oh, replace the old with this. Like I, th- I think there are banners or ways in which you could move around the sign next to the sign on top. I mean, yeah, to keep, 
to keep what was there, save history, whatever. Ooh, anyway. wait, hear me out, Matt. What if they would have done, and this is just an idiot talking, a tiny sponsor like you put it like just above just in tiny letters because then everyone is trying to look at it they're trying to figure out what does that say what does that say what is that is that just a smudge or is that a sponsor and then you you gotta zoom in and now everyone's looking at the sponsor going well look it's still the big old arrowhead sign but now there's like a little sticker above it (laughs) you know i I I think think, you're onto something i I think think i'm on why didn't they ask me dude you're underpaid and underused my friend see a local idiot comes up with terrible idea, just might work. <laughs> love it. Love it. It's good to have you back, my friend. Uh, I'm glad that we treated you all right in the Hoosier State. But, uh, yeah, you, you're where you belong. Good to be back, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This was the Airhead Attic Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. Check out the next Airhead Attic Podcast with Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen. We'll be back hopefully next week. Matt Connor doing dances in the background. You can't see it, but we're out of here.